What is the best approach if you're in a dynasty startup? Now, my answer probably won't be a very popular one, but I believe it to be the most successful approach, and, and let's get to it. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. people are going to tell you that dynasty redraft doesn't matter. Any fantasy football draft approach should be focused on a running back in the first two rounds or focused on running back, running back. In some cases, people are going to say build around the running back because there aren't enough starting running backs. They're a hot commodity. You need to build around that. But I'm here to tell you that that, in my opinion, is not the best approach to a dynasty startup. QBs, Wide receivers, these are positions and players that are going to help you for, in some cases, over a decade. Look at Pat Mahomes. He's going to be a top one to three QB for over a decade in fantasy football. Whereas Derrick Henry, who you could take at seven, eight, nine, even Nick Chubb, who I like in redraft. I like both of these guys. In redraft, but I don't love them in dynasty like other people do because guys like Chubb and Henry, who I do rank top seven to nine for 2020, they have a shelf life of, of what, two, three years more? Maybe Henry one to two? I know you're going to probably say you're a Henry owner. Smitty, how can you say this about Derrick Henry? He's going to be a beast for four or five years. I don't believe he will. I believe he will break down. Look at Todd Gurley at the age of 25, 26, already outcasted from the top 30 overall, top 40 overall. Who's believing in Todd Gurley in 2020? So it doesn't matter if you're young. It almost doesn't matter if you're 27 or 24. What matters is how many years you've played the running back position and have endured the workload that a starting running back endures between the tackles. A guy like Kamara probably has a, a better shot, if he can avoid injury, a better shot at enduring for more successful elite seasons than a Derrick Henry. That's just how I see it. I believe that there will be outliers. Henry could be one of those. Who knows? He's built differently than anybody we've ever seen before. But my, my educated guess, though, is that Henry is not built differently than everybody else in a good way in terms of the longevity, you know, outlook here, the 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 angle that I'm looking at it from. Yes, for one to two years, he's built to steamroll over people and get you a massive amount of fantasy points per start. But at his size and with his frame, between the tackles being a lot of what he does. He doesn't divide up his, his usage like Kamara does where he's getting hit by one D-back or being run out of bounds or, or or getting, you know, falling down on his own catching a pass in the flat. We're talking about a running back that essentially most every hit he takes is by a linebacker or a, a huge offensive line or defensive lineman jumping on his back and him trying to carry two or three guys that size for two or three or four yards, driving his knees into the grass um, or the turf and just constant jolting on his body, his hip, uh, his hips, his um, his ligaments being pulled on constantly from people piling on his back. That's what I envision 
every time this guy gets handed the football is the, the how tough it is to tackle a guy like Derrick Henry and how much effort goes into just bringing the man down and how much risk he's at he endures every time he carries the football. I'm not trying to pick on Derrick Henry. I'm merely trying to paint a picture that every time running backs take the field, they they take on a lot more risk than a quarterback does or a wide receiver does. And that's why the running back position, one reason why the running back position doesn't endure as long as a wide receiver or quarterback, because the injury eventually catches up to these players, their joints and their ligaments. It all starts to break down. They get a step slower. It, you know, think of it like this. If you can't really, for whatever reason, come to terms with this, Emmett Smith, once he hit the Cardinals, was pretty much on his last leg, right? And it's weird watching a guy, a guy that's had so much success being elite not really hit the hole quite as quick. And you can't figure out why. You're like, man, you know, AP, Adrian Peterson, the best running back we can remember probably in the last 15 years, right? This guy, when he gets the ball, isn't as electric as he used to be. He did fairly well last year if you look at the numbers, to be honest. But but if you take into account that this guy no longer has that, oh my God, he's going to be the best running back in the league. It's weird how it just vanishes from a running back just out of nowhere. Just, he's elite. He's elite. Next year, he's not. It's like the rug being pulled out from under him. And that happens so quickly to running backs. Eddie George... Um, I'm thinking of some running, uh, Sean Alexander was like five years, Priest Holmes, like five years, uh, Clinton Portis, um, trying to think about other, other running backs at the top of my head that literally just had short reigns. Larry Johnson, two years of elite football. How the hell did that happen? Larry Johnson looked as good as anybody in fantasy football for a two year span. And then Larry Johnson Boom. Rug pulled out from under him. Todd Gurley. Rug pulled out from under him earlier than we've seen it. Really, frank, frankly, anybody as good as he was, that's the youngest I've, I can remember the rug being pulled out from under a player, you know, where the player didn't, like, suffer some injury that literally took them out of their career, you know, ended their career. Like Priest Holmes, his hip ended his career. Um... But Sean Alexander hit a wall. And so my point is, if you're in a dynasty startup, let me circle back to my point. If you're in a dynasty startup and you've got to make a decision to build a team that can endure for decades or a decade, or let's say you anticipate your league to last at least four to five, six years, sometimes leagues only, they crumble after two or three. So that's also a good point to focus on the now, but you can do that with my strategy still. But, but. Go after wide receivers and QBs early on in your draft. That's my advice. I'm circling back, finally giving you the the advice you've been waiting to hear at the beginning of this podcast, is go get a Pat Mahomes in the second round. Screw the negative thinking and the I will never draft a QB early haters that perpetuate that conversation into... Every single season that taking a QB early is bad. Taking a QB early leaves you no running backs and wide receivers. Taking a QB early is irresponsible because there's so many QBs that fall late. 
ignore it. Ignore that noise. Just ignore it because Pat Mahomes in the second round is gold. He should be going in the first round. But no, people let him fall to the second and third. And people still ridicule people for taking him at 3.02. And they say, why? I'll never take a QB until round seven or eight. It's those people that make his ADP fall into the second and third round where the people that are taking him in the second round, the people that understand how valuable a Pat Mahomes is and a Lamar per start. I worry about Lamar getting hurt, but honestly, per start, you can't argue it. You just can't. Lamar and Mahomes are worthy of first round value, but we're all very lucky. The people that believe in the QB when a QB is as good as these two guys are, even Watson's getting close to that, but Watson's definitely falling further. So don't even consider taking Watson in the second round unless you're in a two QB league. And in that case, you could take him in the bottom of the first round. But two QB leagues are different. So if you've never played in a two QB league and you think, what the hell did he just say? It's a very different thing. But in in one QB leagues, Lamar and Mahomes, anybody willing to pay second round value will probably admit to you, probably won't admit to you. They'd admit it to me that they're willing to actually pay first round value, but they don't need to. And they're going to use ADP to their advantage. And those are smart fantasy football owners right there because using ADP to your advantage is what you want to do every time you make a selection. Reaching a little bit to get your guys, fine. Four or five picks, fine. Later in a draft, a whole round, sure. But don't take Pat Mahomes in the first round when almost everyone on the planet wouldn't and you just want to secure him and you grab him high. There's a chance you could lose him. Let's say you draft at pick number five. You're like, he may not last. That could be the case, but guess what? You get to play in multiple leagues. I don't know very many people at all on this planet Earth that don't play in at least two or three leagues. So if you don't get Pat Mahomes in the one league that he did get taken early, you'll probably get him in another league or two. So my best uh, and most, uh, I guess, my favorite approach, I, I, I should say, is taking Pat Mahomes in the second round. It's focusing on wide receivers. It's going zero running back strategy in dynasty startups. Um, not that I would object to taking a running back in the second round. Not that I'd object to taking an Austin Eckler at like pick 19 or 21 or whatever, or even 3.02 and going uh, wide receiver Mike Thomas, Pat Mahomes in the second round, and then Austin Eckler. I love that approach. And then Drake in the fourth round. Sign me up for that team right there. I just, I just got excited. I love that team. But I'm also all about in an auction, in a dynasty startup auction, rolling with Mike Thomas, Devontae Adams, Pat Mahomes, Drake, because you can afford to go cheap there, and A.J. Brown at the other third wide receiver spot. I'm all about building like that. I'm all about getting Galladay, getting A.J. Brown, getting Drake and Eckler and then getting Pat Mahomes and doing like a crazy build like that. I'm okay with even going Mike Thomas, Eckler, Pat Mahomes. I'd do that all day long. So I'm not saying I won't draft a running back in my approach. I'm not saying I won't go after an Eckler or a Drake. But you won't find me probably in a dynasty startup ever drafting um, a Chubb in the top seven to nine. I'll take Chubb at the top of the second round in a dynasty startup because the value is sick and you can turn him at some point during the year if you're uncomfortable about getting him getting hurt or better yet cuff him 
cuff Kareem Hunt if he does get retained and if the Cleveland Browns bring Kareem Hunt back. Cuff Kareem Hunt and Chubb together and ignore the noise about the this duo being a bad thing. It can be a great thing. If you own Chubb and Hunt together in a dynasty, I venture to say, again, this is assuming that, that Hunt is brought back and there's a lot of rumors right now that he will be back. It's arguable to say that there's no safer running back outside of, you know, the top, you know, three, that there's no safer running back in the entire league if you have these two cuffed. Because Kareem Hunt is young. Nick Chubb is young. If one of them suffer, and Chubb, Chubb's the starter, if one of them suffer injury, the other one's going to get all the work, and both of them are equally capable of being top five running backs in the NFL, how is this, how is this not being talked about? I love the duo. Why is everybody afraid of the duo? People are afraid of the duo. I like it. I think it's actually a really good thing. I mean, I I don't know about you. I can guess that a lot of you right now listening are like, no, Hunt is a bad thing for Nick Chubb. There's an argument to be made there. I mean... At a glance, of course, it sounds better to say, okay, there's no other option even close to Chubb. Stefanski's going to use Chubb only. But Stefanski came from Minnesota. He was in Minnesota last year for one year, ran the hell out of Dalvin Cook, designed the whole offense to go through Dalvin Cook, had Madison, used Madison a ton because he does do so much running that it was okay for Madison to spell Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook did fine. And I think that, you know, there's a natural reaction to say, hey, if Hunt's not there, Stefanski's going to lean on Chubb and only Chubb. I get it. But they're going to run so much, someone's going to have to spell Nick Chubb at time at times. And I think that, that Hunt could be flex-worthy for you. You could have both these guys and have flex-worthy value. You could literally run your running back two out as Cream Hunt if you wanted to stack extremely big at wide receiver and QB on top of Nick Chubb. That would be a creative approach, in my opinion. But the bottom line is, if Chubb goes down and you've got Hunt and he's on that Cleveland Browns roster, Stefanski's going to run the hell out of Kareem Hunt and make him a top five running back. Another sidetrack conversation. Sorry about that. Dynasty startup. Don't be afraid to build around wide receivers and quarterbacks is my main point. Don't be afraid to go running back. But I'm not taking any of these semi-questionable lower-tier one running backs in round one in a dynasty startup or spending big bucks on them in a dynasty startup auction if I can get wide receivers and a quarterback that will be with me for a decade. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. 